my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. Good evening, everybody. My name is Pastor Will Moala, and I serve as a pastor for three SDA churches here in Adelaide, in Gawler and Paravista, and most recently at the Grace Adventist Center Church Plant just over in Brooklyn Park. And it is wonderful to be with you all uh, tuning in this evening. This week we are taking as our theme 10 questions about spiritual revival. I'm so excited about tonight's topic. And this evening, today, tonight, our co-host is none other than Lindy Sperring. If you're just tuning in tonight and you haven't been tuning in the last few nights, let me tell you a little bit about Lindy. Lindy is currently serves as our prayer ministries coordinator and is also, she wears a couple of hats actually, prayer ministries coordinator. She's also our women's ministries director for the South Australia Conference for Seven Day Adventists. She is also a speaker for the associate speaker for Spirit Baptism Ministries. And I just realized, just of just a few moments ago, she's also a part-time chaplain at the Royal Adelaide um, hospital. So she is a very busy lady and we're so glad that she's in the studio with us this week and also uh, next week. So, um, Welcome to the show, uh, Lindy. Hello, Will. How are you? Very good. Let me ask you a question. How's your weekend been? Did you get up to anything exciting? Well, like most of us, we uh, we did a bit on Mother's Day. That was yep. really nice. We talked about that last night. But Wonderful. I, what I wanted to share with you this evening, Will, is that I love getting out into nature. Yeah, you, you know what? Yes, you shared that with me last week. So, so tell me, what is it about nature that you just love being out in the outdoors? Look, I think something about just being where perhaps on the beach, walking along the beach and listening to the sound of the waves. Yep. Love going up to Mount Lofty Botanical Park or even the Botanical Park in the city here in Adelaide. A drive through the Barossa where all the grapevines are growing. And, you know, there's a lot of beautiful towns up in the hills where the autumn leaves uh-huh. are just spectacular. They're changing colours, all the leaves, and it's just beautiful. So for me, getting out into nature is very relaxing and uplifting, and I think yep. a lot of people uh, think the same as I do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was, as just as you were speaking, Linda, I mean, I just, as you know, I've just arrived into Adelaide. Uh, my wife and I and our little one-and-a-half-year-old, we lived for the last, you know, seven, eight years up the mid north coast, Coffs Harbour, most recently, and we, yeah, there's some. Just I always say to my wife when I come home, because uh, you know, in my line of work, Sunday's kind of like my day off, and so um, I always say to my wife, I can almost count the, the on one hand, some of the the things that just give me the greatest joy, and just I just the feeling afterward, and it's it's waking up, you know, reading my Bible, going for a, a run on the beach or somewhere around the block, and just getting where I stayed, um, just in Coffs Harbour. And I do this kind of loop, so I end up near the beach and just plunging into the beach, into the cold water, and just at the end of a, a, a run, it's just exhilarating. Yes, it would and be. I keep I come home, and I don't know if it's the endorphins or you know whatever's going on biologically in the body. It just it just feels so good to be alive. And I always say to my wife, also, um, just having a nice hot shower after a long day is just another thing that really just. You know, it just gives me so much peace, you know. So, um, so nature, yeah, obviously it's a big part of, um, you know, God's creation and he created, uh, nature and the environment for us to definitely, um, 
enjoy. Will, can I suggest that you perhaps not go jumping into the water down here in Adelaide without really? checking the temperature first? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a little bit different from Coffs Yeah, it, it has been quite nippy the last few days, I must say. My wife will tell you, like... Um, yeah, I've got the extra blankets out, the extra doona cover, and you know, and we can certainly feel the bite. And it's not even winter yet, so man, I'm not sure what we've walked in coming, walked into coming here in the Adelaide. <laughs> so lovely. Hey, let's go to our little World Watch segment, and I've got a cracker of an article I want to just um, read for our audience. It's taken from eternitynews.com.au. They put this up um, just a few days ago, in line with Mother's Day, it just happened past weekend. And I love this article, and I, the reason I chose this because I know, Lindy, you actually have a bit of expertise in this area in terms of your role, you know, working with people um, in the aged care and the, in the hospital as a chaplain. So let me share this uh, article with our listeners as they're driving home this evening. And the title of this article um, is, I asked mum to make a podcast about dying from cancer, and she said yes. It's wow. a, yeah, it really gripped my attention when I was uh, surfing yet the other day, the internet the other day. And this article was written just uh, by Ben McEachin. And he's talking about a young fellow by the name of Clayton. And um, his mother got diagnosed with cancer. And, and through that ordeal, he was able to turn her story into a positive um, message for not only himself, but for the people who have been listening in. So, so basically, Clayton um, Bajellian, I think his name's pronounced, and so this is Ben speaking, the, the author of the article on Eternity News. So he says, Clayton Bajellan is talking with me about his mum, Rhonda, who died two years ago after a shock cancer diagnosis that ended in her death three months later. So Clayton loves his mum and misses her. And the few stories he shares about Rhonda, um, his mother, reveal how many more stories he could share and how important she has been to him. As someone whose Christian faith couldn't help but flow out, like counselling total strangers at the supermarket when she popped in for one thing, Rhonda certainly left an eternal mark upon her son Clayton. Now, here's what I'd really love to get your thoughts in on this, um, um, Lindy. Uh, the article goes on to say, while plenty of us do not want to talk about disease, death or grief, Clayton is able to. And his mother, Rhonda, could do it too. And so Clayton uh, turned this story into a podcast. He's got the podcast online called Incurable. And what this... Uh, podcast does. He, he says it captures the deep, vulnerable, and hopeful conversations this mother and son had in the months before uh, Rhonda had passed away. And so at the end of the article, it says that uh, we are invited in to sit at Rhonda's hospital bedside with Clayton or in the car or in the lounge room, wherever the microphones were set up to take down important final moments. So I just love that, um, Lindy, this idea that here is a young man and obviously his mother, they both have um, deep Christian faith uh, perspective of, of their, their worldview. And something as tragic as cancer, uh, he was able to take that and turn it into a positive message. So I'm just wondering, Lindy, as you hear this article and as you, based on your, your own experience, uh, walk us through how have you been able to, I guess, uh, minister to people you know, at hospital and the aged care who, who go through traumatic experience such as cancer and you know, dealing with these uh, painful experiences that millions of people across the world go through. How have you been able to walk through that and advice, encouragement you've been able to give to these uh, particular? Is there a story or something that comes out in your years of experience? Sure, Will. Not too many years of experience, but a few. The first time I came across death was when my grandmother, who was 100, passed away, and I was with her in 
many of her final hours. So that was fairly confronting for me, mm-hmm. not having ever seen someone dying, not ever having been later with her when she was had passed away. And so as I later trained in some chaplaincy and worked in aged care facility, I started to understand that, you know, when somebody's gone from living to dying, there's questions for them about who are they now, you know, their whole role in life has changed. I really like the fact that Rhonda was willing for Clayton to do a podcast so that they could walk through those final months, those final days together and listen to the conversations because I think we in Australia tend not to want to talk about death. Other cultures will talk about mm-hmm. death and they're open about it. But in Australia, we try to not talk about it and we want everything to be sort of put in the background. And I think it's important actually, Will, to speak about death, to understand that we're all going to die unless Jesus comes before that and yep. have some some understanding. You know, when I was a, a chaplain in aged care, obviously we had quite a lot of deaths. In fact, my first few months, I think we had about... 14 within a few weeks. So that was really confronting. And if there are times I was asked not only to be with the person, but also to take their funeral as well, that was quite a a big responsibility, if you like, yep. quite a big journey and a lot of emotion to work through as, yep. you, as you walk through that. And so to me, it's a real privilege to be with somebody when they're dying. I consider it a great privilege. And I've seen that... God has grown me in some ways to have an attitude towards it that isn't fearful or isn't overly concerned. And yes, do we want people to be healed? And sometimes God did step in Mm -hmm. and brought about some healing and an extension of that person's time. But we know that, you know, as we get older, there is a time and a season for life and a time and a season for death. So I think this is wonderful, Will. Yep. I, I think that you would agree that being a pastor and you having yes. to take funerals and walk with families who've had death or loss. The other thing about this one with Rhonda is that there was time for her and Clayton to come to terms with what was happening. Right. Whereas for some other families, there is no time. Yeah. There is a sudden death. And I think we heard in the news, didn't we, that somebody found their wife dead, dead on the floor. And so that would be, mm. that was Sam Newman's wife. What a great shock to him and to the extended family. And so, I think it's wonderful that Rhonda could share her heart and and be a blessing to others. Yeah. And I think it's um I guess coming from a a Christian perspective, you know, as as painful as death is and as as much as it's an unnecessary I guess it's um it's just part of reality of life is that is that one day, you know, we will eventually succumb to the grave. Um I th- I think the beautiful thing about um the Christian Worldview is that um, there is hope beyond the grave, and I couldn't help but think of, you know, I've shared this many passage many times, you know, at the graveside of of church members, uh, relatives who've passed away. The beautiful text in John eleven, you know, when Jesus was there at the uh, when he raised Lazarus, you know, that wonderful story in John chapter eleven, and Jesus says those words that he's the resurrection and the life. That's right. And so, you know, it's a great thing to read that here is a young man who's losing his mother, but at the same time he was able to use that. Um, to, I guess, to, um, to walk through with his mother. I mean, just thinking about how much closer it would have brought them together. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was actually talking about a, with a pastor not long ago, um, just the other day, that it's sometimes part of the work that we as pastors, 
you know, you don't train for these types of things. No. I mean, you, you get taught about principles in the classroom and whatnot, but then, but when you're standing at the bedside and you've got a room full of grieving family, you know, a mother or a father or a son, you know, it really humbles you because you just don't have any answers yourself. I mean, you're just a fellow traveler here on this planet, but yet uh, as a Christian, I always keep finding myself turning to the promises of God and opening the Bible and just reading to them, hey, this is what God is saying uh, in this very difficult time. It, it may it may just skim over their heads because they're just oh, overwhelmed with grief and emotion, and, and obviously that's how we process pain. But just coming back to that that sense that you know God God has an answer to the the, the death question. Absolutely, yeah. he does. And you know, Will, I noticed something very interesting when I worked in aged care that the people who had faith in God had a much easier time with dying. Right, that is powerful. Can you repeat that one more time for our listeners? Because that is that is a very big point that you just said. So people who have faith in God yep. have a much easier time of dying and death. Yep. And so do their families. Mm. And I saw this repeated over and over that those who trusted in God, that were assured of their salvation, that were not scared for the future, their dying was much yeah. easier. For those who had no faith and no hope, the whole process of dying was more difficult. Yeah. It was more difficult for the families. And, you know, I'll be honest, I even saw families whose parents were Christians but the family were not any longer mm. and they did not cope well at all. Yep. And so I really am amazed really at how having a relationship with God not only provides for us now while we're alive and he sustains us, but he's also with us during grief and sadness, disease and Amen. death. Amen. And so um so, yeah, we just wanted to share that with our listeners this evening, this wonderful, short and punchy article from eternitynews.com.au. And Clayton, if you're out there listening uh, this evening, uh, we praise God that you are able to uh, share your story of your journey with your mother with countless uh, millions of Australians uh, across Australia and obviously across the world. And we just want to um, thank you for being able to share that uh, with us. So before we jump into a bit of uh, music, um, very quickly, Lindy, can we just... Um, Spend just a, a just a moment or so, just uh, talking about this book that you've been walking us through. Um, can you just let our listeners know that the title of the book, the author, and if there is a, a way that they can get in touch with a copy or, or point them in the right direction if they want more information? Absolutely. Just let me remind the listeners that Helmut Horbel was impacted by Dennis Smith's ministry, and he'd done the 10 days and 40 days. Spirit Baptism Ministries, and he wrote this book, Steps to Personal Revival. Mm -hmm. And you can go online and type in steps to personal revival.info and download an ebook. Helmut Horbel has been a businessman and a pastor, and he has written this book, had it translated into English and other languages, mm -hmm. and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of this book have gone across the world and changed and transformed lives. So I recommend that you go online, type, type in steps to personal revival.info and download your own ebook and follow along. It's a great book. Well, there you have it, listeners. If you want to get in touch with you with more from this wonderful book that we have been journeying through the last week or so, yeah, why don't you jump online and grab a PDF, an online copy, and I'm sure it enrich your soul. 
Okay, so now we're going to go to some music, and the first song we got in our time together this evening is a song by a, a Christian artist by the name of Neville Peter, and his song that I would like to share with you tonight is called Where I Want to Be. One million years have now ended And there's still so much to see But I love your holy presence That's where I want to be That's where I want to be Oh, the tree of life is lovely Crystal River too But heaven In all its glory Cannot Compare to you Nothing Compares to you The beauty Of this place Is almost Too much to bear I know The only reason Is because you're FM's free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD. Exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. 
And welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Will Moala. And tonight my co-host is Lindy Sperring. Lindy is the Prayer Ministries Coordinator and Women's Ministries Director for the South Australia Conference of Seven-day Adventists. She's also the Associate Speaker for Spirit Baptism Ministries. And this week we are taking as our theme 10 questions about spiritual revival. And tonight we are asking the question, how can our lives change? How can our lives change? And so we're going to really take a bit of a dive into um, more about from this book, Steps to Personal Revival. And just before we kind of take a deeper dive, Lindy, can you just um, give us, uh, give our listeners a bit of a summary where we've been up to, particularly this notion of this idea of uh, a comparison, if you will, between, say, a carnal and a spiritual Christianity? Because... You know, that word's kind of mentioned a, a few references in the New Testament. Paul talks about being carnal, being spiritual. So can you just give us maybe a bit of a summary about this concept, and then we'll we'll keep going from there. Sure, Will. This book, Steps to Personal Revival, is a book that can change our lives. If we're Christians and we're attending church and we have faith in God, or even if we're not attending church, Sometimes we need to stop and evaluate where we are on our spiritual journey. And so that's why I recommend people getting this book and reading through it, not just once, but a number of times, and start to understand deep within what is the difference between different types of Christians. Mm. Many times people leave the church or, or they're disappointed with Christians, and many times we are disappointed with ourselves. And so if we look at what carnal or fleshly Christianity is, it's someone who's really completely dependent on their own form of human love. The lust of the flesh isn't broken. They're not strengthened through the power of the Holy Spirit. Christ doesn't live in the carnal Christian. And the person hasn't received this power to witness for Christ. Now, we know that when we are baptized and we give our hearts to the Lord, we're born again, we most certainly receive a measure of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But what can happen is that we fall away from our first love. And I I think, to be honest, in our Christian walk, we can be up and down a little bit. I don't know if you've ever decided to have an exercise program, Will. You start out really strong and you're going really well, and then something happens, some events happen, or you become unwell, or you get interrupted, and the whole program goes by the wayside yeah. for a little while. I think sometimes it can be the same in our Christian walk that where there's these ups and downs. But if someone's just operating carnal Christianity, if they're just operating in a human way, uh, there can be a lot more tension, a lot more arguments in the family, a lot more difficulties. And it's often harder for someone who's a carnal Christian to accept admonition. Right. So if we're oversensitive as yep. Christians, mm -hmm. then it's possible that there is some insight that we are still walking in our own flesh and in our own humanness. Our prayer life is quite probably inadequate, and we only have human abilities to forgive and not bear a grudge. And so these are the types of things that a carnal Christian often acts like a natural man, the natural man who right. doesn't really have anything to do with God. But having said that, sometimes... A carnal Christian can act like a spiritual person as well, but they're really? often doing it in their own strength and not in the strength of the Holy Spirit. 
Wow. So I just wanted to recap on what carnal Christianity is because we're now looking at, you know, what are the differences that we can expect and, and the question yep. that we're saying today is how can my life change? Do I want my life to change? Am I happy where I am as a Christian or do I want some changes in my life? And I know for me, Will, and I think you would be the same, I needed some changes in my life. I grew up in the church. I attended church regularly. My family stopped going, but I kept going. And I felt that I was what I've termed a pew-polishing hypocrite. I really <laughs> okay. I really wanted to be a Christian, yep. but I was trying to do it in my own strength, and I failed. And so there are some changes that you and I can expect if we change from being carnally Christian to spiritually Christian. And so how do we do that, Will? How do we become a spiritual Christian? And we've talked about this during the last week and yesterday. We need to ask for the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. Not only do we need to ask, we need to want to ask for it. Right. Will, I've got a confession. Can I make yeah, a confession go ahead. on radio? <laughs> I, I used to enjoy reading the Bible, but not all the time. Other things yep. would draw my attention, and there were parts of it that didn't really make sense. It didn't yep. come together for me. And so I said to the Lord, Lord, I want you to give me a greater love to read your word. Right, right. I asked him, and will he did. He gave that. Wow, amen. So, you know, sometimes we have to ask, seek, knock, as it says in Luke, ask, seek, knock. We have to recognize our great need, Sure. and we have to ask for the Holy Spirit. Now, it goes against our nature, Will, because we're independent. We think we know everything. We think <laughs> we've got it all together. Yeah. We think that we have to do all these things in our own strength. That doesn't mean we don't strive in the human uh, Christian walk, but we need the Holy Spirit. And, and there's so many different ways, Will, that I want to share today about how our lives can change. Yeah. And I think that you'll agree and you'll probably have some illustrations as well. One of the first ways that when we're walking with the Spirit, we can see a great change in our lives is in a marriage. Uh And I know that my children, I have a daughter and a son, they would both testify too that they've noticed a big difference in my husband, Glenn, and I since we started recognizing our need and since we started daily surrendering and asking for the Holy Spirit to live in us. Okay. So our marriage had had some difficulties, and yet many of those things have gone now, Will. God has worked through those things for us through his Spirit operating in our lives. He changes your perception towards each other. He changes you're not so sensitive about some things. You know, yep. sometimes we can get sensitive about it. <laughs> I'll use a silly illustration like, you know, leaving the top off the toothpaste or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen at our place, but I've heard other people say that. And we can be sensitive about those things. But yep. as we walk with the spirit, the the tensions in the marriage tend to dissolve away. And I think it's it's a great blessing yep. to see that happen. So will some other ways, and you'd be interested in this of course is that our ability to win souls increases profoundly. Right, okay. And we're more able to have spiritual conversations with other people. Like like Rhonda that we talked about in that article, she would talk to people in the supermarket. As I've walked with the Holy Spirit, I'm more comfortable 
I'm not saying I've got it all together. There's a long way to go. <laughs> but I'm more comfortable talking about the Lord with others. Yeah. And so when we've got the Holy Spirit living in us, prompting us, guiding us, when we preach the word, and you do a lot of that will, of course, right. in your work and your teaching, and um, even when we're giving out literature and sharing literature, the Holy Spirit will work through us in a more powerful way. Because really, we'll, it's actually all about Jesus. Yeah. It's all about God. It's not about us. Absolutely. Hard thing for us to, yeah. <laughs> to take on board, isn't it? You know, we're sort of very independent. I, I just, just, um, sorry to cut you off, but, um, when you're talking about the Holy Spirit and, and witnessing and ministry and, uh, my mind, I was reminded of that text. I think it's in Acts 1 in verse 8 where, you know, when Jesus said to the disciples there post resurrection, he said, um, that they, they would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and, and empower them to witness. And I think, um, for for us as 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 believers and and ones who want to fulfill the gospel commission, um, yeah, it, Jesus spells it out there that that's the secret to our success in a sense. It's allowing God's Spirit, and the Holy Spirit, to to work in and through us. And I couldn't help but think as well, just going back to you, you're talking about marriage and how things are just the the way God brings you to you know two two parties together. Is this idea that? Um, I've often found because I've been married, what I think, going on five years now. So just a baby, um, yeah, just a baby. <laughs> Actually, this September, if my wife's listening, I haven't forgot, honey. Um, it's our fifth year anniversary, and um, yeah, I, I can tell you something that that marriage is the most beautiful thing, but it it, it needs it needs constant work, and and yes. I think as a pastor, I mean, I can take for granted that yeah, I know a bunch of Bible verses, I know the gospel and all that, but. What it really boils down to is how we live our lives. And I often say this to people all the time. And when people say to me after a church service or something, oh, that was a great sermon, Pastor, or this was great and that was that. And a lot of times, especially as pastors, people tend to uh, critique or evaluate us based on just what they see behind, you know, from the pulpit on a, on a weekend. True. Whereas I always say to people, well, if you really want to know what I'm like, talk to my wife. because, And that's a bit of a scary thing because <laughs> because she knows me better than anyone else. And I say internally, my prayer is, you know, if my wife cannot see God through me, then, you know, that should be the litmus test is those closest to us, how do they perceive us? Absolutely. And I think that's why with Jesus, what made him so such a powerful, I guess, uh, his ministry, because even his closest disciples, I mean, if – if he could have pulled the rug over anyone's eyes, pull the wool, so sorry, it would have been his own closest disciples. And yet their testimony is that, as John would say, he was the word made flesh. We beheld him, you know, the only begotten of the Father. So yeah, I'm hearing a um, like what it really, what I'm hearing from my end of this conversation, Lindy, is um, the Holy Spirit wants to impact us on a very practical level. Like yes. this is not just some nefarious mystical teaching, you know, from an ancient book, but it really, as I'm hearing from you, it's literally changing your the what your life and your marriage, and as you just said just a few moments ago, ministry. I mean, can I tell you how many times as a pastor, sometimes I, I see the weekend coming and, and I'll be honest, sometimes like, oh, I don't feel like preaching. I don't go, I don't feel like going on that visit or I don't want to do A, B or C. But as you're saying it, that when I'm walking with the Lord and, and, you know, I'm really just the Holy Spirit's moving in and through me and I'm spending that time with God, it, it's just a natural response rather than like a burden. It becomes 
Like it, it just becomes a, a natural response is to want to share. Absolutely. And I think what you're saying is this is where the power of the Holy Spirit comes through. Absolutely, Will. Absolutely. And it's really interesting too because, you know, just going back to the, the analogy of marriage, yep. God or Jesus wants to have like a marriage with us, this intimate relationship. Mm, yes. And having intimate relationships means that, yes, there is some work involved in maintaining it. Like, you know, I could just spend all day in bed if you like and don't get anything done, but I want to get some things done. So I, I get out of bed and I spend time yep. with the Lord. And so I choose to maintain that relationship. So, you know, just looking at some other ways we are changed, we're also changed. And, and actually, Will, let's go back when you talked about Jesus promising them the Holy Spirit. Yep. He gave them a measure of the Holy Spirit. He, he breathed on them yes. before he ascended. Yes. But he told them to wait yeah, he and did. then yep. go. They needed to wait. And during that waiting time, they were searching their hearts and they were confessing and they were recognizing and starting to see the bigger picture that they perhaps hadn't understood when Jesus was there with them. And so then there was this great anointing and outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to do that in us today, Will, yeah. in each and every one of us. It's the only way we're going to survive what's coming upon the earth. We cannot stop what's coming. It's been um, predicted in the Bible. It's been prophesied about. We can see what's happening around the world. And I want to be ready to meet Jesus. Not only that, I want to be strong enough to stand firm against what's coming, and I can only do that through the power of the Holy yeah. Spirit. So that's another way, Will, that we are changed and transformed. We are changed and transformed, ready to meet Jesus. Our characters are transformed. Also in a health area. When okay. we invite, yeah. Yep, amazing, isn't it? But when we invite the Holy Spirit in, and I've seen this in my own life, I'm more inclined to want to be healthy, to exercise, to, to drink filtered water, yeah. to perhaps take some nutrients sometimes when you know you're not always getting the right foods. You know, however, health and the message and the, and the principles, they're laws actually. If we follow the health laws and cooperate yeah. with them, we're going to be more healthy. We're going to get sick less often. And if we do get sick, we'll recover more easily. So cooperating with the health laws is something I found the Holy Spirit inspires people to do. And so there's another area, a very practical area, where we can be mm. changed when we ask the Holy Spirit in. And this is in this book that we're talking about, uh -huh. Steps to Personal Revival. Well, you've you struck a nerve with me, Lindy, I must uh -oh. say, because you're speaking to a Pacific Islander who we uh we love our food and uh <laughs> you know and it's interesting um as you were speaking, um yeah, just kind of you you're emphasizing which I think is fabulous, this connection between the spiritual, I guess, aspect of our, our Christian living, which is the the aid of the Holy Spirit and practically again to to how we live in our bodies. Yes. And you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, I love watching documentaries. I mean, one of what I love to do on the weekends when I'm don't you know I'm not doing church work or anything. I love to watch a good documentary, and it can be any topic. But I'm actually quite amazed that more and more these days there is a very heavy emphasis, and this is not religious. These are secular folks talking about health and yes. diet. Yes. And I, you know, I'm watching this stuff. I was watching a documentary just the other day. And it's talking about, you know, the benefits of, say, a plant-based diet or, you know, um, you know, things that, um, when you look at the Bible, you know, the, there's definitely some correlation there. Absolutely. And, and so, so this idea of how we live our bodies, uh, how we use our bodies, how we function, 
I mean, from a Christian perspective, it's um, it's a gift from God. You know, there's that text where Paul says, um, you know, our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Um, you know, First Corinthians ten thirty one. Whatever we do, whatever we eat, drink, do all to the glory of God. And then you've got characters like Daniel in the Old Testament who stood for God, and he wasn't. He didn't want to eat the Babylonian cuisine in chapter one. Um, so. So health is a big thing, and um, if if I'm brutally honest with you, Lindy, I go through cycles where you know I I give myself a regimen of particular exercise and, yes. and you know diet and stuff, and yeah, and it's and, and it's kind of up and down for me, if I'll be honest with you, but but I'm I'm praying and I'm kind of like hoping the trajectory is is kind of like going towards a, a healthier lifestyle. Sure. And so I also remember an evangelist many years ago um, when I first come into the church. Um, he, he was saying he, he within his health presentation, he was talking about how on a practical, like a very practical scenario, he said, if I'm sick, he goes, I can't be outside. And basically, you know, when you got the cold or you just come down with something, the first thing you do is you're at home for two, three days just trying to get over it. So you've missed out on so yeah. many times to witness, to That's share, right. to bless the community. Yes. Yeah. So like he was kind of like saying like when you're sick, you, you're not at your optimal level. Uh, level. And, and and I love how the Bible brings in this this holistic aspect. You know, Absolutely. it's not just – you know, spending hours praying or reading, you know, God actually wants to give us an abundant life. And, you know, when we're fit and we've got energy to move and do what we love to do, like nature and, you know, going for hikes and walks, we, we experience life on a much greater scale. Absolutely. So, and the Bible says that, you know, God wants to preserve us blameless mind, body and spirit. You know, we're that's how we're created in, yep. in three parts. And so when our spiritual side is strong and our body is strong, then uh, our emotional side is stronger. Every area of our life is impacted by being healthy. You're right, Will. And so yep. it's amazing, isn't it? But we ask the Holy Spirit in. He will take us on a on a bit of a journey to being more healthy. Yep. He'll help us to control our appetites and our desires. And, and I've seen that happen. I haven't Amen. got it made yes, just yet, Will. I'm carrying a few extra pounds, <laughs> uh, kilos. But, you know, that's just, as you say, the trajectory trajectory in going forward and having and walking mm. with the spirit. So there's some other ways we can just touch on Will, yeah, sure. Go ahead. our personal relationship with Jesus. You know, it grows when we're walking with the spirit. And I said the other night about a song that I'm deep in love with you, Abba Father. We grow to love Jesus mm. so much. We grow to love the type of person he is and, and what he stood for. And we also grow uh, a greater love for the truth. You know, the spirit yep. leads us into all truth. And Will, yes. I want truth. I don't want the enemy's lies and yes. his deceits and deception. I want truth. And there are some other areas we just need to touch on briefly about we have the fruits of the Spirit. When the Holy Spirit lives mm-hmm. in us, there are those fruits that we've talked about many times and spiritual gifts, all sorts of spiritual gifts that we receive, you know, to be teachers or pastors or mm-hmm. or whatever else that God may help us with. In, in sharing the gospel and upholding and uplifting the church. And one of the other ways too, Will, which might surprise some people, yeah. is how we handle our money or our resources. Right, okay. When we walk with the Spirit, he'll prompt us. He'll go, there's a donation here, there's a donation there perhaps to make or pay your tithes and offerings yep. or help out this person with your resources. When the Spirit lives in us, Will, we are changed in so many yeah. ways. And you know what? It's so exciting to be walking with the Spirit. 
Praise God. I'm loving this conversation, um, Lindy. So I'm hearing you're talking about marriage, you're talking about your health, you're talking about even finances. So again, it just seems to be this common thread of that when the Holy Spirit truly takes hold of a person, it truly impacts uh, it changes the way they live. And I think part of it because it changes the way they think because our behaviors are an outward flow of our, our thoughts and our attitudes. So, so I, I love the fact that when Jesus, you know, I'm thinking of texts in the Gospel of John when, when just prior to his departure, he knew he was going to the cross. He, he kept emphasizing this, this precious promise of the Holy Spirit, you yes. know. Um, and so it's beautiful that the role of the Holy Spirit, you know, within the, I guess, within the context of, say, the Godhead, you know, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is that the, the role of the Holy Spirit is, is to, as you said, guide us into all truth and, and point us to the person of Jesus. And, and so, so it has to be fundamental, um, in our Christian experience. Um, just a tick and then we'll go to another song. I could not help but, uh, think about this uh, this text that came to my mind, Lindy. Um, you, know, you know, in Matthew seven, when um, I remember this text because um, when I got baptized way back, long time ago, in two thousand and four, got baptized in Sydney into the Seventh Day Adventist Church, and I remember the the night before I got baptized, I was reading through the Gospels of Matthew, and there was that text at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter seven. I think it's verses twenty one to twenty three, and essentially Jesus says. Um, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons? Didn't we do all this stuff? And then Jesus turns around and said, I never knew you. And, you know, when I read that as a 24-year-old young man in Sydney about to enter, you know, the waters of baptism was a big day for me and and I've been preparing for it, you know, leading up to that day, March 20th, 2004, I read that text the night before and it almost was a, almost a, a touch fearful because I, I didn't want to kind of go through this whole Christian experience just to have at the end of the day, uh, you know, Jesus turn around and say, well, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. And I guess why I raised that particular uh, story is because you're talking about carnal and, and uh, spiritual Christians. Uh, I think that's one of the deceptions is that we could think we're kind of being a Christian, if you want to say, going through the uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the ebb and flow of, of going to church and all this. The, the reason why it's called a deception is because we don't even know we're being deceived. And I think that's, that's something that, that for us as Christians and those listening tonight, um, this is not a topic we should just gloss over because, because you, you could be listening right now as you're driving home tonight and you may not even necessarily, uh, kind of fathom the thought that, hey, I might be a carnal Christian. Yes. And, and so you tie that in with, say, Revelation, where it says, um, you know, talking about lukewarm uh, uh, condition of the church. So, yeah, this is some big stuff that we have to really process and really ask ourselves that question. If, like, where am I in this? You know, am I, am I genuinely following God? Am I kind of just, you know, doing it in, in my own strength? And, and I'm really glad you're, you're raising these um, points for us uh, tonight, Lindy. So, look, um, I'm going to have to just pause it just for a tick here, uh, Lindy. So just uh, stay right there. We're just going to go to a uh, another uh, song, and then we'll be back in a moment. So our next song uh, we're going to uh, play for you guys is from Lauren Daigle, and it is How Great Thou Art.
say about the end of the world. Faith FM's free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD. Exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. And welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Will Moala. And tonight my co-host is Lindy Sperring, Prayer Ministries Coordinator, Women's Ministries Director, and she's also the Associate Speaker for Spirit Baptism Ministries. We've been talking tonight about... Uh, our theme this whole week, 10 questions about spiritual revival. And tonight we've been asking the question, how can our lives change? And as we've been hearing this from Lindy this evening, 
We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So as we kind of come around the home stretch tonight, Lindy, um, as we kind of wrap this up, is there maybe like a, a practical application or maybe there's maybe one tid, little bit, little nugget there of truth that you want to maybe express that we haven't really touched over? You talked about marriage. You talked about health. You talked even about finances. Um, is, there, is there something you want to squeeze in before we kind of um, – end our, our time together tonight. Sure, Will. We did talk over the last few days about being lukewarm and that yep. half-hearted Christians are worse than infidels. Oh, yes. That's pretty serious. For their deceptive words and non-committal position lead many astray. The infidel shows his colors. The lukewarm Christian deceives both parties. He's neither a good worldling nor a good Christian, and Satan uses him to do a work that no one else can do. Let me just say, Will, that... I don't think we should go around the church and, and point at people and go, well, they're carnal, they're mm. spiritual. Only God knows that. And if yep. we suspect that somebody is carnal, the best thing we can do is pray for them and uplift them, encourage them and bless them. You know, Joseph Kidder made this very interesting comment about the general condition of the church today. He said, lethargy, superficiality, worldliness, Lack of generosity, ministers are burned out, teenagers are leaving the church, Mm. weak self-discipline, plans without any real background or result, a chronic lack of strong and dedicated men. Wow. So the cause of our problem is the lack of our connection with Jesus and too much trust in human efforts. Yeah. And so he, Kidder also says that the solution is a life filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, many of our churches across the world are not growing. And it's very interesting in some of the areas where churches are growing, they're in the countries where there's the most persecution. And we know there is persecution in many countries across the world today and people are trying to escape just like the many of the English left England to go to settle in America. So what we're seeing here is a lack of the Holy Spirit. You know, Will, sometimes I'm very sad because I've seen many of my Friends that I went to high school with, many of the people I used to attend church with, and many young people leaving the church. And do you know why I think that is, Will? What's that? It's not because we don't have the right music playing or we haven't got the program the way they wanted or Mm. we're not even running things in the most appropriate way. I believe it's because there is a lack of the Holy Spirit. Wow. And when the Holy Spirit fills our people and our churches are powered by the Holy Spirit through prayer, then we will see changes. People will be drawn back because they'll see sincerity. They'll see generosity. They'll see people who are not willing to compromise no matter what. And they will see Jesus reflected in the lives of the members of the church. And so we'll... That's what we need. Amen. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we need it each and every day. Yeah, I love how you said that, Lindy. Because you know, as a pastor, we often, you know, we pray and we, you know, we we want our churches to grow. Obviously, as a pastor, you when you, I'm I'm in a new district here in Adelaide, you know, South Australian Conference. Come from North New South Wales, and obviously, you know, we want to we want to put our best foot forward and we want our churches to grow. We want our churches to be involved. We want our members to, to feel that they are all contributing to the work of the church. And what I'm hearing you quoting from Joseph Kidder, I mean, what a powerful statement. 
that he's, like as you said, he's basically summarizing that all of the issues and the challenges we all face, you know, worldliness, lack of generosities, ministers burn out. I mean, man, I'll put up my hand. I mean, there's certainly times when we just feel overwhelmed. There's just not enough time in a day to fulfill the demands of members and, and, and meetings and everything else in between. And he seems to be saying it's our lack of connection. That is, that's pretty sobering Very. because – Again, coming back to this sense of carnal and, and spiritual is, you know, it seems like a carnal person doesn't, if they're in that condition, they may not necessarily know they are in that condition. I think that's even even more problematic and more uh, sober to think about. And I think what you're saying is, hey, we're not here to divide the sheep and the goats, so to speak. We're not here to, you know, uh, to to kind of you know, ask people, you know, are you carnal or spiritual? But we just a general sense of, of well-being for our fellow members, our pastors and our leaders um, to all be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, so, you know, thanks for sharing tonight, Lindy. I think that's food for thought. I'm hoping that our listeners have been able to um, to catch something um, of our conversation this whole week. You know, um, coming back to that kind of like last practical application um you know, I think I'm reminded, uh, Lindy, and you've probably mentioned this verse um, many times. Um, there's that promise in Luke eleven thirteen. Uh, Jesus says, you know, um, if we then being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more uh, will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And I think that sums it up for me is at the end of the day, um, God wants us to have this gift. Absolutely. And, and it's up to us if we're willing to ask and believe that he's able to pour out his Holy Spirit uh, into our lives. And so um, we're going to have to just um, just just stop right there, Lindy. And I know that um, you know, you're going to continue this in the following week and, and into next week. So um, how about we just, uh, I'm just going to close our little time tonight with a prayer and then, um, and then I look forward to hearing what you have to share with us tomorrow night. Thanks, so, um, yes, yeah, so no problem at all. So, um, let's just, uh, let's just bow our heads here in the studio and we will pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for, uh, Lindy's ministry. And we thank you that, uh, you have placed on her heart a burden to share this message about our need for the Holy Spirit. Father, we ask that you'd bless everyone that has tuned in tonight. Uh, whoever they are, regardless of their spiritual and faith background, we just want to pray a blessing on them and that, Lord, that you would lead each of them to sense their need for the Holy Spirit. And so we thank you that if we ask in faith, you have promised to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, Lindy. And it looks like our time is up for tonight. Thank you for those listening tonight, for joining myself, Pastor William Mawala, and my guest, my co-host, Lindy Sparing on Drive Time, big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow night when we have none other than Pastor Gary Hodgkin and Lindy Sparing again spending the entire time discussing how do we incorporate prayer into our personal lives. It's going to be a very practical session, and I know that you will love it, and we really look forward to seeing you all tomorrow night. But until then, please remember that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled 
or afraid. And that is taken from John 14, verse 27. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.